The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who believed him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Merry Christmas to all of you. Uh, and thank you for being here this morning. <laughs> this gospel lesson that we had is, uh, I think, one of the most fascinating uh, pieces of scripture. Uh, and I have grown to uh, be very uh, awestruck by it over the years. And my first real introduction to the strangeness of it was uh, when I served the church in Yankton, South Dakota. I was a new priest, and, of course, every church has their uh, customs, and we have to uh, kind of adjust to those customs. And there were a number of them there that I didn't know about as I was preparing for Christmas Day. I did the bulletin because we didn't have anybody to do the bulletins there. So I prepared the bulletin, and I showed it to one of the longtime members, and she said, oh, no. We don't sing that hymn at the end. <laughs> and I can't remember the hymn that they sang, but it was always that one hymn. But it wasn't Joyful, Joyful, or what, what is the one we always sing? It's uh, Joy to the World. It wasn't Joy to the World. What was it again? The one that ends Benite Remus. That's right, yeah. And then over, the other thing that was odd, there was a star that was over the chancel that was uh, white uh, board with the old-fashioned Christmas lights in it. 
And there was a cord that ran down to the back of the choir, and there was a bass that, whose job was to turn on the star when we sang Silent Night. And then all the lights went out. And then the other thing that was so amazing was that I was supposed to then, at the end of Silent Night, kneel at the bottom step going to the chancel and read this prologue to John. And it was called The Last Gospel. And any of you who have been a part of a, an Anglo-Catholic church, uh, such as Church of the Advent, you will find that every Christmas Eve, the last gospel is read at the end of the Christmas Eve service. And after that, I started to think more about this particular piece of scripture and what it has meant to people over the years. And I found out, I did some research on the last gospel, found out that in the Middle Ages, uh, people started to think of it as almost magical. And they would read that prologue to John over people who were sick, uh, praying as they read it that the person would be healed. It became used, it was used in so many ways that the Vatican finally had to put restrictions on how the last gospel would be used. So it has a lot of power. It, uh, it's not just uh, you and I who might have heard it this morning in a little different way and realize this is this is an idea of God and of Christ that is just it's 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 cosmic in its importance because it talks about uh, Jesus the, who became the flesh and blood of God present with us incarnate as having been before all creation and the source of all creation. Well, there, there are three things that I want to hold before you from this uh, particular piece of scripture uh, for your reflection as you uh, continue through the Christmas season. But I hope that above all, you will hear in it that it is God reaching out to us in many different images, in many different ways, but always reaching out to us in love. This has been the history of of the tradition of the Christian faith. And then looking back through all of the things that God did with the, the God's people, with Israel, we see all through that salvation history that God again and again and again is reaching out to us in love. The first thing I want to hold before you is the idea of the logos, the word. We're uh, struck by that right away in the beginning of this prologue. Uh, in, uh, at the time that John was writing, the philosophers understood the Logos to be a, a philosophical construct for the ultimate truth. And the only people who could relate or could comprehend or begin to comprehend this ultimate truth were those that were well educated. So it, it eliminated an awful lot of people of ever drawing close to this ultimate truth. And there was nothing personal about it at all. It was very impersonal. John turns that upside down and he says that the word becomes flesh and dwells among us. So now this idea of logos is not something abstract and just a philosophical construct, but rather it becomes real and personal. And, and more than that, it means that people like you and I can actually come into the presence of truth. One of the things that I think is so different about the Christian faith from many other faith traditions is that we believe that truth is not some abstract thing, but rather truth is found in a person, the person of Jesus. 
And you recall that later in John, and if you've attended very many funerals, you've often heard the passage read at the very end, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is a person, Jesus the Christ. The second thing that I want to hold before you is this idea of the word becoming flesh. And in the Greek, it could be translated that that God had tabernacled with God's people or had pitched a tent among us. If you uh, think about how the the presence of God was uh, was cared for by the Israelites when they were wandering in the desert, they had a tent of meeting. And and in the tent of meeting was the Holy of Holies, and there was the tabernacle where God's presence was. And then later Solomon built a beautiful temple. And in the temple there was the Holy of Holies, where the tabernacle would reside, where God was present. And then, of course, there was the second temple. And now what we hear in John, and what we've heard as we heard the story from Luke, now Mary... An unmarried young woman, probably a teenager, becomes the temple of God. She becomes the one who holds God within her. God incarnate in Jesus. And it's also interesting, I think, from John to remember that at the end of the gospel, as Jesus is hanging on the cross, the the big curtain that separated the the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple is torn in half. It is as though John throughout his gospel is saying that nothing separates us from God. We have access to God in a way that has never been possible before. And now especially as God has been become incarnate, has become flesh and dwells among us. The third thing that I want to hold before you is an interesting couple of images that point to the reality that this creative act of the word before all creation and bringing everything into being continues on. There's a clear connection between what we hear in the first chapter of Genesis and what John is saying in the prologue. John is talking about the word bringing about all created things. And in the first chapter of Genesis, we hear it that that God said, God said, spoke, let there be light. God's word brought light into being, brought all things into being. And so we have now that that clear connection between the word that we hear about in this prologue to John and the creation that we hear in Genesis. But it goes further than that. John doesn't leave it with that. At the very end of John's gospel, in the account of the resurrection, he portrays it in a garden. And Mary is there, and the resurrected word, Jesus now the Christ, is there with her. And it's a clear image uh, echoing the second chapter of Genesis where uh, Adam and Eve are placed in this garden. It is the new creation. It is God bringing about something entirely new. This creative activity of God wasn't just something before all time, but rather something that goes on now in our lives. And it's all because of the word. And now the word become flesh.
If we think about all these ways that John is trying to help us see that God is reaching out to us, God is trying to become as present with us as possible, I think it helps us to see that God's love for us goes on and on, and nothing gets between us and God, ultimately. Uh, Paul probably said it best, nothing, he said, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I think if there's anything that uh, we should take from all of these wonderful images that we have had, both on Christmas Eve with the images of the crash, and also this uh, tremendous reading from uh, John's prologue, it's this reality that God wants to reach out to us, no matter what. We are God's creation. God continues to create through us. And because we are God's creation and God has said it is good, God never, ever gives up on us. God loves us. And I think that is the ultimate message of Christmas. So Merry Christmas to all of you. And I hope you will hold that love of God incarnate in your heart today. Amen.